Today on the podcast, Mike Latulip joins us to break down his thoughts on Illinois basketball heading into the NCAA tournament and his breakdown of the matchup against number eight seed Arkansas. Number nine seed Illinois takes on Arkansas in the first round of the NCAA tournament, 3.30 on TBS in Des Moines, Wells Fargo Arena. Uh, it should be a packed house because Arkansas fans travel, Illinois fans travel. And on the other side of the pod, number one seed Kansas their fans certainly travel as well. So, Michael, break down. What do you think of this matchup for Illinois? Uh, what they should be concerned about with Arkansas and what maybe they can exploit with Arkansas and why these two teams are pretty similar. But before we get to Mike, when you hear names like Frank Williams, Sergio McClain, Marcus Griffin, Jerry Hester, and others, it evokes great Illini basketball memories. And for two decades, the Peoria to Illinois pipeline powered one of the greatest eras in Illini hoops history. And now you can read the inside stories and the behind-the-scenes tales of these players and more in an engaging and insightful new book. It's called Playgrounds to the Pros, Legends of Peoria Basketball by Jeff Carson and published by the University of Illinois Press. You can get your copy wherever you shop for books online. Again, great book. They sent it out to me on the cover. You see Sean Livingston. Playgrounds to the Pros, Legends of Peoria Basketball. Find it wherever you get your books online. Up next, Michael Tulip on the Illini Enquirer podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Illinois is heading to the NCAA tournament, not heading too far down the road, heading to Des Moines, where the number nine seed Illini will take on the number eight seed Arkansas Razorbacks. Michael Tulip joining us now. Mike, before we dive into this matchup, uh, I want to get your thoughts on a team that's not going into the NCAA tournament sprinting with a bunch of momentum at this point. So, you know, we, we've used this a lot. It's cherry-picking stats, but since February 1st, they're 82nd in the country in efficiency, according to Bart Torvik. Uh, what do you think about the team that is heading to Des Moines right now? Yeah, I, I don't typically really buy into – and I'd say the same thing if they were on a six-game winning streak coming into the tournament. I think we all remember 2021 uh, where you – whatever it is, 15 out of 16 and win the Big Ten tournament, and how much did that matter against Loyola? Um once that ball tips, man, it's just what is the game plan? How can we execute? And all the narratives and who's playing well, who's not playing well. It just that's why we love this tournament because it just really doesn't matter. I mean, think about I always go back to that 2021 tournament um, with with Oregon State, right? I mean, Oregon State was a team that I think had won 18 games going into their conference tournament and you know and then you go and have a really good NCAA tournament um UCLA wasn't playing very well they were a 10 seed and they ran the table uh just about and this Illinois team falls under that same umbrella where I don't think it matters one way or the other and you can't you can't buy into that if you're that team where it's like ah we're struggling we need to figure out what you need to do against Arkansas take care of business and get yourself in the next line that's it what have you made of, of Brad Underwood? Um, his messaging has been very positive 
for for this team going to the NCAA tournament. So so put on your coaching hat, Mike. Like, wh- what do you think of his messaging, and and what would you say to this team leading into the Big Dance? Just to be who you are, and I know that's that's kind of tough because they've been sporadic with their identity this season, but when they're at their best, they're getting to the basket, they're playing in the paint, they're guarding at a high level, and if you want to win in March, those are the things you have to do. You have you have to be who you are. You, you're not going to get to a Sweet 16 or Elite 8 being like, oh, can you believe this? We're, just, we're doing stuff we've never done all season. This is great. And maybe that that shows itself if you make some shots, but um, I like the positive approach that he's taken. I think he's certainly taken that approach in the media um, at times, as we know. But make no mistake about it, I mean, Brett Underwood is is a tough coach, and he's getting on them in practice. He's getting on them in shoot around, and uh, there's a certain level of respect that I think he commands in that locker room, and. I think that really has permeated. I think I, I, I see a different Terrence Shannon from the beginning of the year to now. And I see a different Matthew Meyer um, from the beginning of the year to now. And that all comes with comfortability and, and knowing your role, understanding where you, um, where you are on this team in terms of leadership. And um, they don't have – I still don't think they really have that guy, that Io, that Trent. But, you know, not every team has that. And you've been blessed over the years to have that. Um, but now, I mean, leadership, no leadership, shot making, no shot making. I mean, find a way, man. That's 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 really what it is. And, and that has to be the messaging is we don't care how we do it. We don't care how we win. I, I go I go back to Butler in the – I think it was the round of 32 in um, whatever year that was. The second time they made it to the Final Four, they beat Old Dominion by one. I mean, just just figure it out. And, and find a way to to get it done. It doesn't matter what it looks like, how aesthetically pleasing it is. Uh, just get, like I said, get yourself to that next line. So what do you think of this matchup uh, against an Arkansas team that has, as we're finding out as we dive more into this, has some similarities to Illinois, but, but certainly a lot of talent? Anyone you play at this point is going to be a good team. And ex- really especially on that 8-9 line because – on that 8-9 line, you're getting really one of two teams, either a team that's come like screaming into the tournament and has made their way up to a 9 seed or an 8 seed, and um, or you have a team that maybe has underachieved a little bit but has the requisite amount of talent to to go far and, and potentially knock off a 1 seed in the next round. We've seen that over the years as well. So ton of similarities with this team. Uh, talented. Check, check. You know, both have some size, both guard uh, really well. I know that's that's slid a little bit for Illinois here in the late part of the season, but um, both guard at a high level. They uh, uh, they have youth in different spots. Now, I think that's the differentiator. I think where Illinois has most of their talent is where they actually also have most of their experience. And where Arkansas has most of their talent is where they have a lot of youth. And I think that if you want to, if you want to talk about something that may play in Illinois' favor, I think it's that. So, what do you think Illinois has to do well, uh, or what, how do you think they match up well against Arkansas? Where do you think you kind of mentioned it there? What do you think are kind of maybe problem areas? Well, they don't give you anything easy offensively, and 
this Illinois team is really going to have to challenge themselves. We've seen it all year, right? You're not a great three-point shooting team. Stop relying on it. It's, it's going to kill you. It's going to sink you. And to give you an idea, uh, Texas A&M in, in the last game that Arkansas played, uh, if this gives you any idea how to potentially knock off Arkansas, who is also a bad shooting team. Yep. I think Texas A&M got their shot blocked 10 times in the first half. 10 times. I mean, it was eight times in the first, like, 14 minutes of the first half. And you could look at that and say, man, we're, we're driving. We're getting stuck. Let's, let's start shooting threes. 38-25, Arkansas up by 13 at half. By the time Texas A&M retook the lead, they hadn't made a single three still. And that, to me, that's, that's where this game has to go, where it's like, hey, if things aren't working out, getting into the paint, they're blocking shots, they're contesting at the rim, double down. Because what's going to happen is you're going to find some easy looks. That's going to happen. But the whistle turned. Like at some point they were like, foul, foul, foul. I mean, the first four possessions of the second half for A&M were fouls. And then now you put yourself in the bonus at 12 minutes. And now you're getting free throws. So I, I, I look no further than that. I mean, if they if this Illinois team settles for threes and takes over 23s, I mean, let me let me walk you through the teams that have beaten Arkansas this year. Mm. Let me walk you through the amount of threes they've taken, especially late, especially with like, you know, this AM win. Um, Kentucky just beat them. AM took 10 threes, one for 10, and one by six. Wow. Kentucky, 14 threes. And you think about it, like CJ Frederick, Antonio Reeves, they got some shooters. 14 threes at Arkansas. Uh, Tennessee took 16. AM took 12 at AM. Um, Mississippi State took 10. So if you want to be the team to take 24 threes on Thursday, I don't know, man. I, I That's not going to go in your favor, I, I don't think. And, and the other thing, too, is the teams that have beaten them um, have gotten them on the glass. They got a lot of talent, they got a lot of size, but. Nick Smith is thin. Anthony Black is thin. Um, and it's not just that. It's the fact that they send so many guys at the ball. Uh, they clog the lanes. When you take a shot, it's very rare you have only one guy contesting. And it's what ends up kind of hurting them because they get blistered on the glass a little bit. AM had 17 offensive rebounds. Kentucky had 10. Tennessee had 10. Bama had 14. These are all their losses this year. Um, AM had nine. Uh, at a and Mississippi State had 10, Baylor had 15, Mizzou had seven, but they shot 40 free throws. So that's the battle you're going to have to win is can you limit the threes you've taken? How many paint points are you getting? And how many free throws are you shooting? And I'm telling you, if they can do those things, if they have the points in the paint and they have the free throws, they can win this game. There's no question. You obviously need your stars to be stars, Mike. Uh, and Illinois is going to need Matthew Meyer to, to to score some points at some point in this NCAA tournament to win games. Um, and I know I've I've said this over and over again, but Illinois has been a slow starter, and Arkansas has been a fast starter. Now Arkansas struggles to close games. Illinois obviously great um, in the second half. So really interesting dynamic there. But last game Illinois went to Dane Danger. They went to Coleman Hawkins, right? really fed the post and it really got them some good looks danger just didn't make enough of them but 
are you with like I I am of the mind that you got to get Terrence Shannon going. You got to get him aggressive early. Got to get him feeling good early. Uh, got to get him to the free throw line. Um, as you're talking about getting to the free throw line, I feel like that's got to be a, a key of this game. But what, what would what would you say to that? And what do you think is is a key to get Illinois going? Or well, look, this Arkansas team they they ramp up pressure from the jump, and it's it's what makes them poor isolation defenders they're great contesting around the rim but Terrence Shannon's gonna be pressured at 28 feet yeah 29 feet you gotta go you just gotta go and I think that's actually gonna play into Terrence's hands a little bit it's gonna force him to drive downhill it's gonna force him to go by his man whereas some of these other teams will pack the paint a little bit more in the Big Ten and you know pack line defense and and that makes it a little bit tougher for Terrence to get ahead full of steam but Epps is going to have the same type of opportunity. I mean, these guys are going to have opportunities to have to go by guys and make a read at 15 to 17 feet. Do you pull up? Do you keep going? Do you get downhill? I mean, um, Makai Mitchell's great. I mean, the Mitchell twins, they, they've been journeymen in a sense. Um, but at the same time, they, they have played that role well. They are air traffic control back there. They're jumping up, contesting shots. But just like I said, if you don't get into the paint and if you don't, and if you start hoisting threes, you're going to lose this game. You're going to lose this game if, if Terrence Shannon doesn't get going. And that's just the life of being a go-to guy. Right. I, it, Texas A&M, there was other opportunities for him to kind of maybe take a back seat or just, we've talked about it all year. You can't do that. And Meyer is another guy where him jacking threes are probably, it's probably the one guy. And when Terrence has it going a little bit where you're like, okay, um, but I still love seeing him get to the basket. Meyer, that is. And they're going to be in a really tough spot because if they start the two Mitchell twins, then that's likely Danger and Hawkins. And, you know, they got either Nick Smith, Devo Davis, or um, Anthony Black on Matthew Meyer. That's a mismatch. Like, whoever, one of those three, that's a mismatch. I don't care who it is. And you can't just rely on jab right step back left you you have to challenge yourself to get into the paint and if they do those things and those two guys in particular you put yourself right in it yeah and he's the other guy who can get free throw attempts right I, I think that's so big uh in this game um all right mike out of the other guys who, who do you see is a, is a good matchup who do you see is needing to make a, a big contribution here well i think you need to continue to get positives out of rj melendez um, he's been so great in this back half of the Big Ten play just because I think he's better than anybody on this team at chasing shooters and being able to, to lock and trail. You saw what he did on Fletcher Lawyer. Um, he, he's capable of that. Now, this isn't a great shooting team, so they're not going to shoot a ton of threes. They just don't. Um, so how can you find ways to, to impact? And that's just RJ being RJ. Use your length, get in passing lanes, um, and rebound your butt off, man. I think this could be an R.J. Melendez game where he can – him, Ty Rogers, Coleman Hawkins, if they can get on the glass and get some offensive rebounds. I mentioned it. That's that's what can hurt Arkansas. Um, if they can do those things, especially R.J., Ty, Coleman. Um, and I want to see how Ty bounces back. Uh, he didn't have a great game against Penn State. Right. And to the point where they couldn't even really have him out there. Because if, if you're going to get – Blown by defensively, he lost his man a couple times for threes. Um, 
I'm not sure he's offering a ton at this point offensively to justify having him out there. And then, you know, the bench in general um, wasn't good against Penn State. And you see how thin it gets quick. So you need, you need contributions from all those guys. Um, and I'll, I'll stop there. Coleman Hawkins, we know what he brings to the table. Uh, you're going to need him to have a really efficient, strong floor game. Because they're this is a team that's going to get India. They're going to get into passing lanes, driving lanes, and um, Coleman's done a much much better job of not trying relentlessly to drive into gaps. Uh, that's where he struggled a lot with his turnovers last year, um, and, and he's done a better job of that this year. So uh, I know that was all over the place because I really do think you need contributions from everyone. If you're gonna if you're gonna make that next line, you can't have the bench be subpar. Cause then that puts more pressure on Meyer and Shannon to probably have to combine for, you know, 35 plus. All right, Mike, one more on this Arkansas game. If you're Eric Musselman, how are you attacking Illinois? You mentioned pressure. I would imagine that's, that's number one on their list. Yeah, they'll do it. And, and it's, it's weird watching those sec games. It's just a different, it's like a different league. It's a different, it just, there's not a ton of principles um, like there is in the big 10. It's just fly around, no rhyme or reason. I mean, A&M was doing the same thing. They were both just 14 minutes left in the first half. Let's just start trapping in the half court. And not even like, hey, full court press token like some Big Ten teams do. And not even like trapping out of ball screens. They did a little bit of that. It was just like guy dribbles over half court, just send a second guy at him. And then we'll just figure it out and fly around. And that's that's what Arkansas does. They do that. A&M does that. And it hurt Arkansas when A&M did that. But yeah, if you're Musselman, when this team is lacking ball handling, shoot, let's let's turn up the pressure. And and they're going to try to knock you off your spots. They're going to try to get you to catch at 28 feet, get you out of your offense. And that's that's ultimately they're trying to bait you into three-point shots too. Cuz they know that you've shown over the over the course of the season that you'll do it and you'll do it happily. So pressure no doubt um and I, and I think they're going to find ways uh, to have to adjust because if Coleman's at the five, you can't have both Mitchells in there. Um, so you're probably going to play a lot of Walsh, who who is uh, another freshman, probably going to stick him at the four. So that's an intriguing matchup, I think, because um, they even have him in drop coverage sometimes. And he's a pretty athletic mm-hmm. guy. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. They don't they they switch a lot of stuff. Um, Texas A&M switch a lot of stuff against Arkansas. So. I think it'll be a nice little chess match because they both start two bigs, technically, if you want to call Coleman a big. Um, but they've, I think they've had 10 different starting lineups this year, um, Arkansas has. I, I, Illinois probably has too, to be honest. Underwood built this roster for the tournament, built the roster not for Big Ten play, Mike, right? Like, um, So you're talking about a different style of play. Can that help Illinois? I mean, that's scary because the long athletes, the talent that – Arkansas has, but does it open anything up? Does it let a team that's kind of more, you know, remember Coleman calling it organized chaos or whatever it was? Like, is that better for this team in any way? Well, the SEC is slightly organized chaos, um, much more <laughs> on the chaos side. So that's that's nothing that Arkansas is not going to be accustomed to. What Arkansas is not going to be accustomed to is this type of length and size that Illinois has with principles mixed in. Um, I think that's going to be a little bit 
jarring for for Arkansas because A and M was just it, it was pretty incredible watching that. I mean, A and M was just like, hey, go switch there. But guys like helping uphill for no reason. I mean, and, and Illinois does those things, but you can tell Illinois is much more principle based. And I'm just wondering about the flip side. Sorry to interrupt, but like, is Illinois better in this more? Because you think of the non-conference. It was a long time ago, uh, but like against a Pac-12 team or against a, a Big 12 team, they they looked a little bit different. So I don't know if they're better in this kind of freewheeling style. I, I don't know. Um... I, I don't try to read into that too much either. Like, hey, we're built for March. Right. I, I don't know. Teams that are built for March and go far in March usually do pretty well in, in the regular season right. as well. And, and, like, even the UCLA and Texas game, and you got down 15 to UCLA and you got down 12 to Texas. So I, you, you crawled back into it just like you kind of have all year. So that's, that's no different. Um, but, yeah, they've shown, that you, they've shown for sure that they're not – they're very rarely – Oh man, like this team is just way too athletic for us. And that's, that's, I do think that plays, I do think that plays into Illinois' hands because the teams that Illinois has struggled with this year is the, the teams that have a ton of structure. Northwestern has a ton of structure. Penn State has a ton of structure. Um, those teams just, Purdue has a ton of structure. They got Zach Eady, but they got a ton of structure. And Arkansas doesn't have a lot of that. Um, they're good on both sides of the ball. There's no question about that. But, uh, you can't get wrapped up into Arkansas's like helter helter skelter, crazy game. Getting up the, floor. I mean, they both have some of that like quickest tempos in the in the NCAA. But I think if you start getting up and down track meet, that's 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 going to not only play into Arkansas's hands as a whole, but Texas A&M bogged that game down, and it took Ricky Council, who's their 16 and a half game guy, out of the game because he's kind of much like Terrence Shannon, where he thrives in transition and getting downhill and getting to the rim. And um, so you, you at least eliminate a guy that has had a pretty big impact for them. If you can play your game and mix in, Hey, we want to get out, but also we want to run our stuff. So um, I think that's where you can kind of have an advantage. Mike, if Illinois is able to get by Arkansas, yep. what do you think of a potential matchup against number one, Kansas? Familiarity there, right? Yeah. I mean, whatever came out of that secret scrimmage, you can at least go into it being like, we played these guys and allegedly beat them from what we hear. So that's not to say this game will just take care of itself and you move on to Kansas and you're heading to sweet 16. But I do look at the fact that Kansas, not going to Kansas city and not being the second overall one seed. I don't know. I think that kind of helps Illinois. I, cause I was saying, even watching that Texas game, the last Kansas game that was played the Kansas, Texas game. I'm like, this seems really going to be a number one overall seed. I, I get, they have, just a laundry list of quad one wins, but I don't know. They, they have to mix and match so much. KJ Adams is like a six, six center that hurts him at times, especially when he gets into foul trouble. Um, it's a real credit to self. Cause it is not the most talented team. It's not. And it's, <laughs> and, I, and I think if you're going to play any of the one seeds, granted Purdue, you know, I, right. that was never going to happen. Uh, they were going to try to avoid that obviously, but I think avoiding Houston and Alabama is a pretty big win because that those are two teams where if you want to talk about, hey, no question these teams have more athleticism and size than us, it's those two teams. Um, and, and honestly, the the guard play for those two teams is, I mean, Quinnerly and Sears and then, I mean, you, obviously Brandon Miller, but the guards, uh, older backcourts. Um, I know you have Harris. I really like Harris from Kansas. He doesn't give you a ton offensively. 
you know, Wilson's great, but he's a wing. I mean, Grady Dick, I mean, he's a wing. And I think you can match up with, with wing players like that. They don't have a crazy dominant big like a Dickinson or Trace Jackson Davis or Zach Eady. They seem to only be in the Big Ten Conference. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think you, you get past this Arkansas game. And you don't, you don't love a matchup against a one seed. But out of all the one seeds, excluding Purdue, if you want to just lay those other three in there, this is the best matchup for you. Um, and then you go from there. And you just take it one line at a time and try to find a way to get to that second weekend. I hate doing it to you, Mike. Uh, I'll I'll throw out mine. Like, I don't think I can trust this team to, to win a game. I don't think you can predict this Illinois Arkansas game. I would give Arkansas two and a half points. Sounds about right, right? So, so like, yeah. how, how would you kind of handicap this first matchup? Yeah, I mean, especially coming into the tournament, it's all about momentum and that tends to sway Vegas. That tends to sway the guys in the studio right after the brackets come out and who they're high on and which matchups they're picking. And, um, but we've seen over the course of the season, that's why I was very thankful this team wasn't a higher seed, Illinois. I'm glad they weren't the eight and Arkansas was the nine. Or I'm glad they weren't a seven and the other team was a 10 because this team has shown over the course of the season, it, they have a hard time operating – when they're the guys, right? UCLA, let's let it fly. Texas, let's let it fly. Um, you know, plenty of times they've gone on the road this year and come close, but have kind of looked like a different team where it's like, I think Underwood used the term letting their hair down. Uh, you saw that at Iowa, right? You saw that in Indiana, second half at Purdue. Um, it's there. And I, I like them to get past Arkansas. I do. Um I just think when it comes down to this tournament, having guys uh, where where your talent is and if it lines up with experience and having played in this tournament, uh, that's a big deal. Uh, Nick Smith and, and Anthony Black, uh, young guards, freshman guards, lottery pick guards, but young guards. And we saw in the A&M game, Kentucky game, it, late game, I mean, those guys cough it up. They turn it over. Pressure gets to them sometimes. I mean, that – and that's not to say that that doesn't happen to Illinois – but I'd much rather trust an older guy at, on this stage in this moment. Um, a few guys on this team played in the close one last year to Chattanooga. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, like I said, being able to come in and be like, we're the lower seed, people are picking Arkansas. I think Terrence mentioned that, mm-hmm. right? The second they got back to the desk, they're like, I like Arkansas, Arkansas, Kansas. It's just, you can, you can take that with you. Now that's not going to spot you 10 points. Right. Right. Like you can't just be like, oh, we're like the underdog, because eventually when you get out during the game. You can't just get down 10 to two and be like, oh, shoot, let's fight back. We're the underdog. I, that's what I want to see. I think if it's like a full circle moment. You're playing against a team that's basically a mirror of who you are. And a team that struggles in the same areas you struggle, uh, that has length, that has size. So can you beat it and can you beat them on a big stage? Mike, are you saying Illinois is competing with itself? Yeah, it's been the case all year, and it's 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 it doesn't change for this game. Uh, if they take care of what they have to do, and uh, like I said, they are just diligent with the way and economical almost with the way they try to j- manufacture points on the offensive end. Got a guard, obviously. Um, you know, Arkansas will run a ton of high ball screen stuff. Uh, Nick Smith will get in isolation. Anthony Black is a big body. I mean, he's he's kind of thin, but he's six seven, six eight. I mean, he's a, he's a big guy. So 
um, you're going to have to guard. You're going to have to manufacture good looks. So uh, it's a great litmus test. There's no question. Buckle up the roller coaster ride. Does it continue? Um, we will find out here shortly. Mike, before I let you go, um, I'm not filling out a bracket this year. I, I know you gave me crap about that. I just I don't get it. I mean, I I, I understand. I don't want to root for Kentucky against the 15 seed. That's what I'm going for here, Mike. I, I want to I want to see it for a year. I'll let you know how it goes. But yeah, you're not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it because the odds are, and this is this is always if for example last year, how many people had St. Mary or had St. Peter's beating Kentucky? Not many. Uh, whatever it was, point zero 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 eight percent of the bracket or whatever it was. Um. That's why I like doing it because either you you're gonna pick Kentucky, and if St. Peter's like you can still root for the upset because if it happens like no one else had St. Peter's anyways, so it's you're kind of all there's heartbreak. Everybody's in it with like the heartbreak together, but all still kind of want the upsets. I to me it doesn't change. I don't ever find myself, especially in the first round, if it's like a thirteen four or four thirteen or fifteen two, if it gets to the point where the the team can upset them. I'm rooting for the upset. I don't give. I don't yeah, care yeah. about the bracket. Like I can just, I'm not that married to my bracket. You may, you may have like a buy-in and some tournament ESPN tournament challenge or something, but odds are, if it's a crazy upset, no one else had it either. And if they did pat them on the back, those first round ones don't matter for anyone that does the bracket challenges or does any of that stuff. Um, just really sweet 16 and on is what matters. Cause that's where you get all right. your points. So uh, you can pick as many upsets as you want as long as you have teams that you feel comfortable going to the elite eight, going to the final four, you just want teams that are still alive. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I, I filled out my bracket the night that the uh, night that it came out, I changed it drastically yesterday. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to ask you since I, I I need some bracket advice since I didn't fill one out. um, What did you, would you have, would you have final four? Um, Any big upsets you got? I got, yeah, I got some, I got some big upsets. Um, I have all right. So my final four, I have Baylor. Wow. Yeah, I people fading Baylor. I like. Yeah, I, I'm I'm the opposite. I'm I'm fading the faders. Uh, <laughs> I got Baylor. I have Kansas State. Wow. I have who's on my who's on my. I'm trying to think of the. I'm trying to think of the top. Actually, I I have it. This is bad bad podcasting on my part, but I do no, have, that's all right. I, I do I do have the bracket up, right in front of me here. Um, I got okay Baylor Kansas State, uh, Houston, I believe right Houston, Houston, and UConn. It's a lot of Big Twelve in there. Houston future Big Twelve member. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think. Here, here's kind of the way that I looked at it. I, I could be completely wrong on this. I, I think Maryland or West Virginia beats Alabama. Wow. I don't have it. I don't have it in my bracket, but I'm saying that because I would not be surprised if that happened. Um, I got Charleston beating San Diego State. Everybody wants Furman over Virginia. I'm not quite going there. Yeah. Um, people like Mizzou over Arizona. Uh, to get to a Sweet 16, I, Mizzou gets just blasted on the glass. Um, so that's that's why I'm I'm leaning Arizona there. Um, upsets, I got Louisiana over Tennessee. 
I can see that. That's pretty uh, I like that one. I think Louisiana has the ability to score it. Uh, Kansas State, I have beating Marquette. It's just really hard. Sometimes it's hard for me to justify the teams that run the table. Um, you know, regular season conference tournament and then going all the way through. I mean, Alabama falls in that same boat. Um, everybody likes Kent State over Indiana. I, I, Brad Evans was saying he hates Indiana's draw. I think of any Big Ten team, I like their draw the most to get to a Sweet 16. Uh, I think Indiana's got a chance as long as Jalen hood Shafino shows up. Yeah, I, see, that's why I don't, I don't buy into – Kent State really struggles – offensively and who's got I trace think, jackson davis in a first round game against a mac team right like yeah. out, out of that quadrant i drake's the more likely upset over miami than than indiana we'll see what norshad omir if he's playing because he's he's a big deal for them they they get thin um with their bigs but uh one one other one that i had and i just i don't know i'm an agent of chaos when it comes <laughs> to these anytime you go chalk you immediately regret it yeah. And you're like, wow, why do I, like these teams are going to lose anyways? Just try to get it right. I do have Illinois beating Arkansas. Um, I have Arizona State beating Nevada, beating TCU, and beating Gonzaga. So that's the team. That's the that's, 11th seed. That's the one making it out. <laughs> it, like if I if I was going to have a team make it out, that's the one. Bobby um, Hurley would be a heck of a March Madness storyline. Yeah. Yeah, and then I'm I'm trying to think like going going down. NC State over Creighton, I'll probably end up – I don't know. I just like – anytime I'm debating between two teams, which team has the best player? I mean, it's like the Carson Edwards one where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, which team? Carson Edwards. And Terquavion Smith is the guy for NC State where if you're like have a toss-up with Creighton and NC State, I'm like – I like him to to kind of have his March moment. I don't get the Tex- the Colgate over Texas talk. That makes no sense to me. Um, I watched a fair amount of Texas A&M doing a lot of the Arkansas stuff. And if you told me after the first half of Arkansas and I'd tell you Penn State is going to beat A&M. But then I watched the second half. I'm like, <laughs> I don't like that for Penn State just because they lived in the paint. And we know with Penn State, that's that can be an issue. And I got Iowa beating Auburn. I'm trying to think. If we're sticking Big Ten, I got I do have Michigan State being USC. Um, Northwestern Boise is a weird game. And and I'll say this on the podcast, and I have people that I know and care about that are in the Mountain West. I don't get it. I don't get why we do this every year. Put too many in. They're 0 and 8 in the last three years. Yeah. I mean, even last year they put four in, and every single one of them lost their first game. Listen, I don't feel too terrible for Rutgers. You're two and four against quad three opponents, but they also have really good wins and and they play people, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if you could, so. if, if you look at it, and you can see, okay, what what is the committee value? Clearly, it's don't lose to bad teams. But then again, I I don't know. I mean, Iowa has some good wins, but they're 19 and 13. They lost to Eastern Illinois. I, I get I get Chris Murray wasn't playing, but right. that's a really bad loss. Uh, now, when you have four quad three losses, right? Rutgers has four. That's that's probably where you do yourself in. Um, but even some of the quad three losses they had early in the season, I don't think. I mean, they lost to Temple. I don't think Caleb McConnell was playing. Right. So by I mean, I, I don't know. I, I that that's just that out of all the years and all the snubs over the years, 
that's about as shocking as one as I can remember. Because I, I, uh, I'll show you this. I when I'm watching the selection Sunday, <laughs> I have all my bubble teams and I circle them as as they're getting selected. And it was like Mississippi State, NC State, Boise State, Providence, and I'm like looking at my family. I'm like, Rutgers isn't getting in. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then it got to the last quadrant, and I think it was you know whoever Providence I think was was who they put in there. Um, just got it. Just gut wrenching. I think they return yeah. a lot of guys though. Yeah, right? they can. All, I think they can mostly come back. So they'll they'll reload. It's just it's it's. It's troublesome because I think they that team is always going to have a ceiling, a pretty like definitive ceiling, um, because they just they they struggle offensively. So um, I don't know. I I definitely like them in the field over a lot of these other teams. I would have liked them over Nevada. Um, you know, Nevada got just trounced in their conference tournament, and and Rutgers not only beats Michigan but kind of takes Purdue. Purdue to the brink as well. So I don't know. Committee's the committee. Michael Tewitt, best time of year. Enjoy March Madness. We'll catch up soon, man. Appreciate it, man. Great stuff, as always, from Michael Tewitt. But if you want more from Mike, we provide that. Mike just broke down Arkansas in detail on his latest film room, about 20 minutes, getting to know their personnel, getting to know what they're good at, but also getting to know what Illinois can exploit a little bit. So if you like the visual format, you can check that out on our VIP side. Of course, only $1 to sign up for VIP membership for your first month. Check that out at Illini Inquirer. Joey Wagner's already in South Bend. I'm on my way. Derek Piper and I are on our way to Des Moines this afternoon, Tuesday. Uh, and then we got press conferences tomorrow. Illinois will have their open NCAA tournament practice at Wells Fargo arena from 11:45 to 12 i believe 15 till 25 somewhere in there uh wells fargo arena for any illini fans making the trip it's a glorified practice more of just a, a shoot around uh at there but you can go check that out if you would like if you want to support the team but we'll be out there if you make it to des moines and you see us say hey we'd love to catch up with some of you guys We'll see how long Illinois decides to stick around in this NCAA tournament because if they can take out Arkansas and set up very, very intriguing matchup against Kansas. And if Illinois wants to make this a, a memorable, uh, positive, memorable season, uh, winning these first two games uh, certainly would do that. But you never know with this team. It's always been a roller coaster ride. But we will be in Des Moines to cover it. Uh, we hope to meet some of you guys there. All right, everybody have safe travels if you're going to Des Moines. But have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Online Choir Podcast. Bye, everybody.